0: Today is
1: April 3rd, 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Joining me today, as always, my co host, Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir.
2: Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you.
1: Appreciate that, Bill. And Bill uh, always checks out what's going on around before we get on air every, every uh, week. And, if, Bill, you found some statistics actually showing that today's uh, female vets are the fastest-growing segment of homeless veteran population. What's going on?
2: Well, Gary, it is, sadly to say, and as much as we uh, uh, know that the, the the efforts there to try to, to turn that uh, – situation of homeless around, uh, it, it, it's still very challenging. You know, uh, last year, 2017, in a report to Congress, the U.S. Department of uh, Housing and Urban Development estimated that on a single night in January 2017 that over 40,000 veterans were homeless. And of that number, uh, Gary, 9% uh, were women. So uh, between uh, 2016 and 2017, uh, homeless uh, female veterans increased by 7% compared to 1% for the male co- uh, counterparts. Now, because of their experience as female uh, veterans with military sexual trauma and uh, resentment towards. The military and the VA, they don't always present themselves to the VA and other organizations that might be able to help them with the problem with uh, homelessness. Now, um, uh, the VA, through its uh, Central Western Massachusetts health care system, and that's in a town uh, in the state there that's called Leeds, Massachusetts, The VA is finding that treating the entire person in that uh, form of uh, the mind, body, and spirit helps female veterans regain their trust and self-worth. The facility's holistic program focuses on six dimensions of wellness, physical, social, emotional, and occupational, spiritual, and intellectual and trying to come around uh, uh, to help with this problem and getting the uh, women's veterans more in tune with uh, coming out to re- receive help. With all of this, Gary, and I think this is very positive, there's still much work to be done in assisting in the, uh, in the subject of homelessness for our veterans and for female veterans specifically.
1: Yeah. That's that's right Bill. And and again, we've been finding some uh, things that have been working especially when it comes to the tiny houses. Uh, oh my gosh, that, that,
2: that's I tremendous scary.
1: Actually, they had a grand opening. They all 15 units were were um, uh, occupied, but people were coming from outside the country to learn more about this, which is just phenomenal. And why isn't somebody taking that next step to help out
2: mm-hmm. well we're doing our best gary here and getting the word out and hopefully is resonating around the country and around the world
1: that's right well bill let's get with our guest you have the honor mm-hmm. of introducing him
2: and uh, gary indeed it is an honor to introduce dr nicholas armstrong Dr. Armstrong is the Senior Director for Research and Evaluation at the Institute for Veterans and Military Families, IVMF, at Syracuse University, where he brings more than 16 years of program leadership, applied research, and evaluation experience in national security and public affairs. At IVMF. Dr. Nick leads a multidisciplinary team that conducts applied research to empower government, industry, and philanthropic decision-making on veteran and family-related issues. Dr. Nick oversees a broad portfolio of more than a dozen projects with IBM F partners on topics including higher education, Employment, entrepreneurship, human services delivery, and public policy. In addition, Dr. Nick's team provides program evaluation, quality, and business intelligence support to the Institute and its partners. Dr. Nicholas
3: Armstrong, welcome to the American Heroes Network.
1: Welcome, sir. <laughs>
3: Good morning, gentlemen. It's great to be here. Thanks for that uh, very, very warm introduction.
1: All right. Now let's. go, I guess we can get right into it here. Tell us about the type of research uh, you and your team has to do with with the institute, and how does that research actually impact the community?
3: Sure. Uh, maybe to to answer that question, it's helpful to just uh, to put the institute in context. Um. So the Institute for Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University, uh, it's been around for about five years, but its, um, in, in its mission is to advance the lives of uh, service members, veterans, and their families. But we're a little bit of a unique animal of what you would consider a, a typical academic institute, you know, based at a university. Uh, we were actually founded around uh, a, a collection of, direct service delivery programs um, that we deliver to veterans and family members um, starting a, a little over a decade ago uh first starting in in small business and entrepreneurship training and and one one program led to another um, and we ventured out into the employment and career preparation uh area uh to help support transitioning service members uh, on top of the uh the entrepreneurship training programs and then that spawned uh, another a third arm focused around community engagement, um, and helping and working with providers and communities uh deliver services um and and, and learn from each other and, and, and coordinate services uh better. Um so so with that, that's the backdrop for uh our our research mission and you know, we don't do research just for the sake of research. We're doing research that is Intentional in the sense that it's aligned and really meant to help inform and drive that work. Um, so we're looking at questions related to uh, veteran, veteran and um, military spouse unemployment, underemployment. You know, working with industry partners on developing best practices and leading practices in terms of hiring and, re- and retention and development in the workplace. Um, doing work with. With providers on coordination of, of care and services in communities, so so that's so that's the type of research we do. Uh, with with really the the focus around helping to inform the work we do, helping to improve, you know, continuously improve uh, those services that we deliver and work with other partners across the country in 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 doing the same. Um, another area that we work in, as well as is focused around measurement and evaluation. So, given the given the fact we we, uh, we operate uh, close to a dozen different programs, you know it's it's important to understand uh, how your programs are are impacting and affecting those you serve. And so, it's it's been a real focus uh, a focus of our team is in in terms of helping to understand and know. Um, you know what types of outcomes we're we're achieving uh, in the delivery of those programs across the country and really really globally. Um, so um, so yeah, that's a that's it in a nutshell. I mean it's um it's it, it's a lot of fun work because you get to you get to uh, pursue and do work that is having a, a direct impact on on the folks on your colleagues in the sense that they're 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 working hand in hand and knee to knee. Uh, with, with, uh, with veterans across the country. Um, and, you know, from a researcher standpoint, being, being that close to the work also is, uh, is an advantage because, because we get to, we get that feedback from, from folks, our, our boots on the ground across the country, um, to understand, like, what are, what are the latest issues that are popping up. Um, so it's, so we're asking, asking better questions that, um, you know, help, Help inform everyone across the entire veteran space. Um, so you can see, it very, it's very—it's a—it's—it's it's a great place to be. I like to call us an action tank because we've got that that research that research arm, but it's it's uh, it's paired hand in hand with the the programs we're delivering. So there's a there's a synergy there, and I think that that's one of the things that really makes us unique and um, and special and a great place to work. Bill. I'm still here. As I was
2: saying, Dr. Nekai, I think where you sit with the uh the uh organization uh is, is is very strategic to be able to see uh a lot of things and to be able to impact a lot of things mm-hmm. as far as veterans are concerned. Uh mm-hmm. one that comes to mind is the uh the uh, a, a, a navigation progress for in assisting our veterans Uh, with their successful reentry back into Mm -hmm. civilian life and the workforce in particular. And, of course, uh, another area uh, that uh, has been very uh, close near and dear to me, when I served as the Deputy Secretary for Veterans Affairs in the state of Maryland, knowing the work that you do with the uh, state directors uh, of uh, of, uh, veterans programs across the state, and uh, some of the concerns that they brought to you about uh, the, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and their strategic planning, uh, 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 those things are, are very concerning, and I think more so today with the VA and the things that we're hearing about, health care in particular, and, uh, you know, who's mm-hmm. going to uh, have the, uh, the, the direct responsibility for helping in that area.
3: Mhm. Sure. I mean so you you're hitting on a like a like a big issue related to the to the overall system in terms of how the nation cares for its uh its service members and veterans and you know, I think this navigation issue has been uh, a recurring theme um that we've seen both in our both, you know, uh, in the work that we do day to day, but also the research that we've we've collected, and that, that's really helped inform uh, our approach in terms of how we how we do business, and you know how we're how we're designing our programs and, and implementing them. You know, the we did a we did a study. This is actually four years ago now, um, originally with Google, and this was really focused around. Uh, uh, transitioning service members and veterans experience reintegrating on on college campuses to try to get a sense of you know we, we know that they're using their GI bill but you know what are they actually experiencing like what are they going back and using their degrees to pursue like what types of uh, majors and uh, career paths are they trying to explore but we, we took a big picture approach and asked them hey like what are you what were your top Transition challenges, um, and gave them a laundry list of of, diff- of what you would you'd normally uh, expect, or some of the things that have, that um, have been um, have been cited in the past. And you know, we had over 8,500 folks take this survey across the country, and you know, we thought that going in, employment would be number one. It was actually number two. The top challenge was navigating benefits and services, and so this points to a, sort of a bigger picture: is like how does this how does this system that we have across the country with the VA uh, being central to it? You ha- you've got the VA and it's 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 health healthcare services and benefits, um, but you've got states that deliver benefits and services. You've got local counties. Um, and then you've got the whole uh, nonprofit space and and uh, human services that are that are delivering services in communities. Um, so, so what we've been really focused on is is as an institute in in the different programs is not is is pursuing pursuing programming that that understands that navigation is is a central issue and not necessarily developing programs in isolation of each other, uh, but always looking for ways to, um, to connect um, and, and, and bring different resources together so that, that that veteran that's transitioning or needs a service um, can, can find what they need. Um, I know it's been cited in the past that uh, there are over 40,000 nonprofit organizations um, yes. That ex- exclusively serve military and veterans uh, across the United States. Um, probably tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand or more, um, human service organizations that serve uh, their their entire communities to include veterans. Um, so, you, so you can you can definitely um, you know I, you're both veterans. I'm a veteran. You know. I, you know, put yourself in the shoes of someone stepping out and either heading back home or transitioning to a new city, and that can be a, a really tough challenge of being able to navigate and really understanding and of um, who to turn to, who to trust for different types of services. And now, you know, this is all should all should all be couched within um, the understanding that you know, veterans veterans as a whole group. You know, do do pretty well. I mean, I think the, the the unemployment rate for veterans is, at least for the last several years, is has been below the national rate. Um, most veterans, when they transition, um, transition just fine. But there are always a there's always a group of group of folks that that, that need that need support from from uh, either from the VA or or their community and. And you know, we, we took a scan. There's, a, there's actually been uh, over 60 needs assessments that have been commissioned or, or, uh, by, uh, by different organizations, or so researchers going out in their local community or county or, or even at the state level or regional level, um, trying to get a sense of what what's going on out there as far as the vets' needs in their areas. Uh, and this is just over the last decade or so. Um, and one of the common themes, you see, uh, of course, you 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 see some of the usual usual needs of of, um, of the population around uh, employment, um, uh, financial services, and housing, things of that nature. And they vary based on um, based on where you go, uh, region to region. But um, when veterans uh, typically, have an issue. It's not. It's it's rarely one issue in isolation. It's rarely. I just need a job. Uh, oftentimes, they they call it co-occurring need. Um, so it's usually a job paired with may, maybe legal services or you know act, access to access to benefits. Um, so so that's really I, th- I think um, a big issue that you hit upon. Um, of, this, of this broader system, system-wide issue of folks in transition having access to different, uh, different services.
1: Mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
4: network.com and syndicated on itunes
0: are you finding your frequency it can be described as that space between failure and success Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to Network at gmail.com. That's Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back.
1: We're here with our guest, Dr. Nick Armstrong with the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. And, Bill?
2: mentioned the VA which is a real live concern today you know uh, under the heading of the VA in two major areas benefits and health care is what the veterans depend upon and I and both of them are important and they've got issues in both sides of uh, of, uh, of the house uh, but right now it seems like health care is something that's really really concerned uh, uh, should should the VA the uh, giving up, uh, caring for veterans, and, and, and that taking place in the uh, civilian communities, uh, or should it uh, continue where it is? Uh, we, You know, we've got money issues with the Choice Program funding right now, long waits. Uh, all of these are very perplexing situations for our veterans, and it really really creates a problem for them in this reintegration process as they come back to home and community. Talk to us
3: a little bit about uh, what you're finding in that area. Sure. I mean, this is a, I mean, you're hitting a big issue, a big challenge. You know, at at the end of the day, it's about like what's best for the veteran. Uh, And as you know, I mean, we we veterans aren't uh, a monolith. We're not a um we're not all the same everybody's got uh, different needs and aspirations and are transitioning out of the service at different points in their careers um and have different health and benefit needs um and so that it's a it's a complex challenge um and you've got you've got a VA that you know there's uh there's definitely uh you know some challenges that they're that they're Facing at the moment, but I think it's also important to point out that you know, the VA itself um, only only serves about nine million veterans uh, of of approximately twenty million across the country. Um, so they're uh, they're uh, an absolutely essential player uh, in the in the health and well-being of of veterans, but. You also have to recognize that there are so many other um, entities, uh, different you know, different federal agencies. You've got state governments, you've got local governments, and you've got the entire social sector, um, and even private industry that all have, uh, you know, all have a, a stake in in um, in how how veterans uh, how veterans do. At the end of the day, a, a transitioning service member, a vet. Uh, transitions to a community, not a not a government agency, um, and so um, how that system of of care and support um, is presented to the to the veteran, how that veteran connects into that um, in their community is is important, and what that it, it requires a a system that's functional and that is talking to itself, and so you know what one of the things that we've been you know, we've been focused on a couple different areas because this is such a big issue. It's, big, it's, a, comp- it's a complex issue because there's so many players involved, right? Um, and so what this, is, this has helped um, lead us into a, a, a couple different projects that are, you know, trying to dig into this from different angles. Um, so one study, I mean, we launched uh, late last summer, you know, with the New York State Health Foundation... And also, in partnership with the National Association of State Directors. and this is a, this is a completely focused on uh, understanding uh, the the state level uh, piece in in, uh, in, in services uh, to veterans across the across the country. You know a lot of research is out there around uh, at, at the national and federal level, um, in and in quite a bit of research going on at the at the community level, at least in terms of needs assessments and, you know, like uh, like how individual organizations or services are delivered, um, but not not a lot of attention um, or, you know, focus from a research perspective around what state directors and state agencies are doing uh, to, to serve veterans. They're actually doing quite a bit. It just doesn't get a, a, a lot of a... Attention uh, or, or or focus in terms of how it, it fits in this bigger picture, this bigger puzzle, um, in terms of how the system supports vets. Um, so we've been we we started a uh, we started the study last summer, and really the focus was to dig into these issues, just to understand like what's the landscape look like, what are how are the how are the state agencies um, organized, and one of how are they. What types of services are they del- they delivering? Uh, how are they resourced? Uh, what are they citing as their um, top challenges? What are they what are they citing as some of their innovations? And who do they who do they look to among their peers to uh, to innovate uh, in 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 what they do? And so we we uh, we fielded a survey this fall uh, in partnership with the National Association and. Um, we, uh, we're close to wrapping that up and we're, we're actually entering into a second phase of the study, um, where we're going to sit down and, and dig in into some of the leading practices that have been identified. As I mentioned, you know, we asked state directors, who do you look to, um, for different types of, um, innovations or practices. And so what we are, what we're, what we plan to do is, is release a report um, later this summer, uh, highlighting findings from the survey itself, and then um, some of the de- like write write up some of the case studies of of these states that are really doing interesting work. Um, so so we're excited about that. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's an important st- study in the sense of getting. Um, getting that perspective of, of the state directors. Um, I'll also note that se- separate from this study, actually one of the, one of the findings were, um, were co- that are coming out of the state study is, is, is that there's, there's not a ton of interaction between what states are doing um, outside of federal grant programs um, in terms of how they're plugged into the VA's overall planning process. Um, so around the same time, we we took up a study uh, in partnership with the IBM Center for the Business of Government um, to to address the issue of enterpro- enterprise planning and strategic planning uh, for veterans policy. So this was more focused at the federal level. However, since we were doing the studies in in parallel, um, you know you, you can you can probably tell that. You know, we're kind of hitting um, two different sides of the same coin, if you will. And so, what we wanted to do is is, is talk to folks across the federal government about you know what we're seeing, what are uh, as far as what's going on from a, an interagency perspective related to veterans policy planning. So, getting an understanding of how VA does its strategic planning and then branching out to see how other agencies that have a, have a piece or a share of um, the, uh, the, the care or, or, or benefits or programs r- related to serving vets, how they plug in to the VA's overall process. And so it's been very interesting of these, these two studies that are going on at the same time, but they're almost speaking to each other
2: so well you know doctor yeah, nick yeah. i would imagine that uh, uh one of the uh, things that you probably find if you haven't found already that as you look across the the, the the states and the country uh their ability to assist veterans or to fill the gaps uh mm-hmm. that the va is not covering really depends upon uh how well they are funded and uh you know yeah. most of them uh, have problems there you know you take the the larger states where the great uh, uh, proportions of uh, veterans are located like uh, I'd say Texas, North Carolina, and California, you get a lot of of uh, 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 contribution from the state and commitment but uh, take a mm-hmm. state like like Montana that's got maybe about a hundred and thirty thousand veterans and uh, mm-hmm. how they suffer there across the spectrum in in assisting their veterans
3: i think you you nailed it I think that's a that's a top sided concern uh from from this survey that we still have some folks taking the survey, so it's still open but that's a bit resourcing is a is a top sided barrier from the state directors is uh you know the, one of the biggest barriers to actually you know, doing doing the work and I think yeah, you you raise an important point that um different states have different needs um and and, and so yeah. you know they're serving di- different populations with different needs but they also have their own unique sets of circumstances um you know whether um, resourcing being one of them but you know take for example uh, um, Texas for, for um even though Texas is is probably the uh, the best resourced um state agency it's also got one of the largest populations of veterans, and you know, just by its sheer size, but t- issues that it wrestles with are, um, you know, transportation and distance to getting getting folks um, seen. So you've got state um, setting up these they call them strike teams of basically deploying state personnel going out to help you know facilitate some of the claims processing and other. Uh, benefits access issues um, to help tackle some of that um, you know u- unique issues of of of, of distance um, but resourcing is huge as 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 you know
2: yes you know one other thing that I'd like to just have you uh, uh, address is a uh, standard of care for, for health concerns in, in treating veterans. Uh, should, shouldn't the VA have that responsibility of maintaining that standard? And, and here's what I'm talking about. The VA doesn't engage in such things as obstetrics and delivering babies uh, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to hospitals in the, in the general population are uh, not dealing with post traumatic stress traumatic brain injury and those kinds of issues that our men and women come back as a result of uh, their, their service in uh, in combat.
3: Oh I personally I agree with you. I I absolutely. I know I know this um this this is this issue of privatization is uh you know is a is a touchy subject for some you know i you know at the end of the day I, I i go back to what's what's best for the veteran and when it comes to serving um caring for veterans with with combat related injuries where there's a both a, a need for a a certain standard of care as you mentioned but also a degree of cultural competence of of uh of serving serving veterans with service connected injuries you know I, I i i do believe that, that that's something that it rests with uh, the VA you know and that's that really drives to its core mission and and why and why it exists in the first place um but you know the VA the VA also has you know it's a, one of the largest healthcare systems in the it is the largest healthcare system in the country and you know it it has certain core competencies as as you know in dealing with these types of injuries um in, in other healthcare needs and uh you know i i believe there's a role for um, there's a role for the va in that
1: That's unreal. What we're going to do, we're going to, to go ahead and take a break. Uh, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
3: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
4: Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier. Or smarter, as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at SponsorInfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com.
0: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back.
1: We're our guest, Dr. Nick Armstrong with the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. Uh, Dr. Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the findings uh, on the IBM studies that you did?
3: Sure. Yeah, so um, so, so we, we interviewed a bunch of folks across government. Uh, we first started inside of VA uh, and uh, wanted to get a sense for how they, they conduct their strategic planning process. But uh, there are also a number of different entities that you know, as, as you know, um, have a have a role in veteran transition. Uh, you know, um, you know, first of all, the Department of Defense, and you know, it operates its transition assistance program, and you know, they they play an important role in the in the handoff to VA, um, and you know, public private engagement with, uh, with 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 industry and other other partners. But there are other agencies as well that. Uh, deliver services and in, in programming. The Small Business Administration is also a, a key part of that transition assistance program. Um, you know, for example, the Small Business Administration, you know, uh, delivers the Boots to Business training program, which we've been very lucky to be a be a, a part of delivering some of that content to transitioning service members that maybe looking uh to entrepreneurship or small business ownership as a as a potential career path um you've got you've got other entities like the the department of labor plays a very important role in uh veteran employment um so there, you know you you layer that in uh with 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 other federal agencies as well as so hud um a uh, handful of others. You've got state state um, state agencies, as we discussed earlier in earlier in the show. Um, so we wanted to get a sense for how you know, how does this planning process work. Um, so the VA has its own strategic planning process. Uh, so we wanted to talk about how they engage with other agencies, and how how do other agencies agencies engage with the VA uh, and other other agencies and. You know what we're finding is that you know there there is a strategic planning process in VA, and there are a number of different working groups, um, councils, if you will, uh, around different issue areas. You know, a, a case in point, and, and we did a study with uh, the U.S. Office of Personnel Management, taking a look at the Veteran Employment Initiative that was stood up by executive order back in 2009 to help increase the number of veterans hired into the federal government and so like that one issue alone um, stood up an uh, in interagency council um, with that uh, was co-chaired between the uh, the Secretary of Labor and the secretary of VA uh, and um, you know helped administered by the uh, office of personnel management and it had representatives from 20 the 24 major agencies across the federal government that's one issue based um, working group. Um, you've got another uh, joint, uh, joint um, executive council uh, between VA and the Department of Defense that really gets at the uh, uh, the transition piece related to uh, health and benefits. They call that the JEC. Um, but you've got these these disparate pockets of interagency collaboration going on but not a sort of an overarching, uh, planning process. So something akin to like a, um, so like the, the department of defense, every, every four years goes through a quadrennial defense review and the state department does one, the Homeland, Homeland security does, does one. And that's, that's plugged into, uh, the white house and the national security council. Um, you don't have you don't see one of those for uh, for veterans policy. Even though you know vets vets touch so many different federal agencies, and there's also a you know a Fed-State-local collaboration that, that that's going on. And so that's that's really like the big big takeaway from this is there 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 needs to be uh, more of an enterprise approach to looking at how how the how budgets are allocated and how. How um, you know how different programs are are coordinated across the federal government, and then yeah, really you know coordinated at the community level. You know, I like to use the term center of gravity. Um, you know, it's an old military term related to like, where's the where's the core focus of the of the of the challenge, and you know the center of gravity in 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 the in the veteran reintegration and transition challenges are in communities also ultimately. So, so how do you design a, a planning process that, that pulls all the, all the disparate federal agencies and their programs together in a unified way is plugged in, in unified with the States, but ultimately in conducted in partnership with, with communities uh, where veterans and their families transition to. So that's, that's the big takeaway from the study, and we're we're excited to uh, to wrap this up and get a report out later later this summer. So, All right. Bill, we didn't lose Bill
1: again, did we? <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, uh, I'd just like cool. to congratulate you on a on your website and how comprehensive it is. Uh, and, uh, and with all the information that's there because, you know, uh, what I found, and I, I get a chance to say this each week, that the greatest void in our veterans community is, uh, is a lack of information, uh, just knowing how to navigate the system that is so important to the veteran community because if you don't know how to navigate what you need to know how to navigate, you, you just don't know. But one of the things yeah. that I found was uh, quite interesting is the, uh, the, the partnerships uh, that you have with various organizations uh, with the Institute uh, to, uh, to really help to move things along. Tell us just briefly how important that partnership is to you and how uh, others may be able to participate uh, to, to make this uh, even better.
3: So, I mean we've got um it, partnerships is the is is the way to get business done these days to, you know, help, you know, help serve this population. We can't no one no one agency, no one no one um government entity, no one nonprofit um can do it all. Um and you know that this is collaboration is the is is the way is the way it has to be done, um, and you know that's uh, that's a that's a it's a key key focus area for us. Um, you know whether it's whether it's uh, and, and we we serve and work with those that serve this community. Um, so there's there's resources on our on our site, you know, related to data or information or types of programs. So, um, you know, our our website is ibmf.syracuse.edu, but also service members and veterans and family members um, can access different programs of ours uh, through that site, whether you're a transitioning service member um, or a military spouse uh, looking to enhance your, your, your civilian career opportunities, we deliver programs. Uh, A program called Onward to Opportunity, uh, and it's in partnership with, uh, that's uh, an industry-specific skills training program, and it's operated in partnership with a a companion program called the Veteran Career Transition Program, which offers access to uh, high-demand industry-recognized credentials, um, over a dozen in the IT field alone but other project management professional uh, and related certifications that, that employers are really looking for. Um, you know, if you're looking to start a business or grow a business, we, we deliver a range of different programs, you know, from those that are just, just starting out or just getting a, uh, you know, testing the waters or thinking about it. We offer boots to business for those that are getting are at leaving the service. You know they, um, you know the the boost business program is part is part of the the, the tap. You know we they can uh, participate in the two day workshop to get a sense for that, and then we offer programs that are in residence. So our our Cadillac program is the entrepreneurship boot camp for veterans, and we we deliver that uh, in residence at Syracuse University, but we also operate it with uh, a handful of universities across the co- ten universities across the country. Um, so that's available to folks that really want to dig in and start a business. And there are there are new programs for those that already have established businesses and want to grow them. Um, so that's all that information is located on our on our website. Um, community partners, providers that are looking for information around um, just local veteran needs or data uh, on the uh, the veteran population in their area. We. We have data. We have data. We have dashboards um, that they can go in and, and drill down and, and extract that information. And you know, at the end of the day, we're here. We're here to help. Uh, we're here uh, here to help advance the uh, the lives of this uh, of of those who've served our nation. You know, I I I just love this work. We've got a great team, and um, we're here to help. So. You know, for those that are looking to participate uh, or work alongside us um, or you know, take advantage of one of our programs, feel free to please check our site out and please reach out.
1: All right. Can can't ask for more than that? Okay. Now, we only have a couple minutes left, and Dr. Nick, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing?
3: Uh, just again, I mean, this is... Um, the IBMF is is uh, is is here to help 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 you as a, as a veteran, or here to you know help you as a as a as a service provider or a, an employer uh, to to get you the resources you need to do your job well and to serve this uh, this, this this population. Um, again, I'm uh, I'm just uh, you know happy to be a part of the te- this team and and to, and to have such a. Uh, I'm just grateful to to be uh able to to continue to serve uh in this in this way uh, you know, in in a, in a unique way really from uh from the vantage point of higher education and then you know i'd I, and, and thank you both for the for the time this morning to to share some of this work thank you Nick and bill
2: Well, Doctor Nick, uh, thank you for joining us this morning on the American Heroes Network. And uh, also, I'd be remiss if I didn't say for uh, thank you for your service to this great country of ours, and the things uh, that you're doing uh, uh, with the uh, institute and your leadership. It will certainly, uh, it has, and it will continue to have a significant impact. On our returning men and women that back to home and community after service and combat in uh, the battlefield.
3: Well, thank you both for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure.
1: All right. Now, if you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7, and you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray. Everyone have a safe week, and see you next week.
0: with breed, red, white, and blue, <laughs> we're America, you're